Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, author Terry James analyzes converging prophetic signs for the end of days, and Greg Patton is living in today's world. We want to say hello to everyone listening on American Family Radio. We are blessed to be part of the AFR lineup. If you're a new listener to Watchmen on the Wall, make sure you get the free new listener pack. Inside, you'll receive the latest issue of our monthly newsletter, The Prophetic Observer, a special welcome letter, and a free gift. Get your free new listener pack when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can request your free new listener pack online, swrc.com. When people keep turning their backs on God, They eventually become so wicked that he stops pleading for them to repent. Their hearts and minds simply can't be returned to him. Soon after that point, his judgment begins. Thankfully, Christians have a God-given spiritual gift of being able to discern the signs indicating how soon that judgment might be. Author Terry James is here to discuss how you and I can be discerners. In 1 Chronicles 12, the Bible speaks of the sons of Ishakar, which were men that had understanding of the times. As believers in Jesus Christ, you and I are instructed to be like those men. We should be able to discern the times. It's up to you and I to be watchmen on the wall during these confusing and troubling last days. Recently, a group of 18 authors, including noted broadcasters, teachers, and Bible scholars, contributed to a book about understanding the times called Discerners. And I'm very excited today to speak with two of those authors, Terry James and Larry Spargimino. Terry has written more than 30 books on Bible prophecy, and he is the lead author and general editor of Discerners. Terry is joining me today by phone. Terry, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, James. I'm glad to be with you and Dr. Spargimino. Also joining me in the studio here is Dr. Larry Spargimino. Dr. Spargimino is the host of this program, and he's written more than 20 books. He contributed a chapter to the book Discerners titled Perilous Times, Prophecy Beyond Amazing. Dr. Spargimino, thanks for sitting down with me to talk about Discerners today. Well, always a blessing to be with you and especially with Terry James. Gentlemen, I just finished reading Discerners. The book is fantastic. It's filled with chapters written by sort of a who's who of Bible prophecy. Don McGee, Jeff Kinley, Nathan Jones, Damon Duck, Tom Hughes, Jim Fletcher, Pete Garcia, Gary Stearman, Jan Markell, Ryan Peterson, David Reagan, and and you two gentlemen. So let me start with a question first to Terry. How did you come to put this book together? Well, I just looked at the way things should be, and They aren't like they should be. Christians are not discerning the times, and I think that's because of lack, partly, and because of lack of pastoring in the pulpits and so forth. And I just thought it would be a good title to put together some of the foremost prophecy people from the pre-trib view of prophecy today. And so, you know, go back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 3, where Jesus chided the religionists, the Judaizers of his time, saying, they came to him and wanted him to give him a sign and all that kind of thing. And he said, you can discern the weather when the clouds are red and lowering, but you cannot discern the time. That is, he was talking about the times of the visitation of their Messiah. And so we have that in space today. We have a, 
whole generation of Christians who cannot discern the times and despite prophecy books, prophecy programs like yours, and all the other things, they still don't seem to be able to discern the times. Very disturbing. And that was kind of the genesis of putting together the book. Well, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, highly high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So, Terry, isn't this the type of behavior that we should expect to see in these last days? Well, yes, and we do see that. We see it every day. You know, I have dissected it many, many times in the articles we write for RaptureReady.com and in these books, which now actually are... I think 40-something books that we've done, and we've dissected these things. And so Dr. Spartamino Larry, my friend, has written a very good chapter, I think, in this book, Dissecting Those Things. And so I recommend anybody who really wants to understand where we are with regard to Second Timothy chapter 3, Paul's Perilous Times, to get this book and read it. And just, just read Larry's chapter. It's worth it just to get this book for Larry's chapter. Well, let's go ahead and ask a question to Dr. Spargimino. Your chapter is the first chapter in the book. It's titled Perilous Times, Prophecy Beyond Amazing. What is your chapter all about? I came to serve with Southwest Radio Church about 23 years ago. Things are happening in our world today that I thought I would never see with my own eyes. These certainly are perilous times, far more perilous than I ever could have imagined. The Lord Jesus Christ wants us to enjoy the abundant life, but Satan is working hard so that we will all experience abundant misery. Now, back in the early 1980s, doctors Emil Gaverluck and Rob Lindstedt did a series of radio programs aired on Southwest Radio Church. Those programs dealt with the exponential curve and how it explains the increasing perversity of the expression of human depravity. Just look, for example, at the growing lethality of modern warfare. And not too long ago, people were killing each other with spears, bows, and arrows, and battle axes. Now we have megaton bombs that can take out cities anywhere in the world. So in mathematics, the exponential curve reflects the fact that there is more of everything and that there's an acceleration in the rapidity with which this increase is taking place. Dr. Hutchings in 2003 asked me to write a full-length book for our listeners titled Suddenly No More Time. And in the years that have passed, I'm increasingly amazed at how the exponential curve is taking us to the depths of evil I never thought possible. Our current federal government is at the high end of the exponential curve. Amen, (laughs) it is. Well, let me follow up with that question, Dr. Spargimino. Is this exponential increase in gloom, doom, and death being caused by technology, do you think? Well, James, technology is a big part of it. I mean, microchip technology, digital technology, weapons of mass destruction, guided missile systems that can hit a mouse with the equivalent of millions of tons of TNT on the other side of the world. All of this has become possible because of technology. But even on an individual and personal basis, technology has changed so much of life. Surveillance technology has made it possible for governments to snoop on every citizen. China's social credit system is an example, and it's in place right now. 
Terry, you believe that discernment is difficult to find today. You write in your introduction to discerners that discernment is something that is as extinct as the dodo bird. Now, would you elaborate on that statement? Well, you just look at all the things going on in today's world, and despite this, I tell you, I don't see very much action at all from the fundamentalist churches who really preach and teach the gospel, supposedly. I don't see a great deal of interest in the issues and events of our time with regard to prophetic progression. And I think that's like not seeing the the storm clouds coming in because there's an approaching tribulation storm that only Jesus will be able to shelter people from. That needs to be expounded upon by the pastors and they give the feel-good messages. They stay with the milk and the you know gospel, which is great. I mean, that, that's the center of our understanding in Christianity to stay with the gospel. But these people never get out of the milk. They need to give their people in the pews some solid meat. And that's what I mean probably by what I said. It's almost extinct as a dodo bird. Dr. Spartamino, would you like to follow up on that? We really need to have our eyes open. I am amazed at how many Christians today in churches are totally ignorant of what's happening in the world. And they think, well, what's happening in the world is political. Well, yeah, it is political, but it's also moral. If you look at, for example, what's happening to marriage today, I mean, God created marriage for the good of humanity. Sadly, as marriages collapse or as people no longer get married, there's an increasing popularity of sex spots. Yes, sex spots. Even brothels are featuring them with the rising number of divorces. Experts are predicting that human-robot marriage will become legal in a few years. Are you compatible with your sex bot? No problem. You can trade it in for another, and you can turn a few screws. Now, you know, you might think I'm joking. I'm not joking. There are some women who are claiming, quote, my boyfriend doesn't understand me, close quotes. Well, one woman wrote an article in Quartz Online, and I quoted it in my chapter, She writes, I'm building a robot boyfriend, and you can too. She writes, my robot boyfriend knows how to spread goosebumps across my skin, and his sensors will detect when my breath quickens in response. Close quotes. And I won't go on with that. But that's what a robot is doing, and this woman is building the robot. Now, if this doesn't blow your mind, if this doesn't destroy marriage— You know, gentlemen, we're supposed to be very knowledgeable about human sexuality. I think we don't even know what's going on. It's just an animal instinct, and it's really not. God created it with glory and with dignity, but it's got to be in covenant marriage between a man and a woman. We've missed all of that, so it's it's very serious. I'm talking today with Terry James and Larry Spargimino about the book Discerners. You can order a copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or you can order online at swrc.com. Now, Terry, in your introduction, you list some similarities between the days of Noah and today. One of those similarities is idolatry. Tell me more about that. Ryan Peterson wrote a chapter. He's a young man who's really coming on, an excellent writer, and he's into Bible prophecy, and he did an excellent chapter on this whole subject. All of America, I'm afraid, is into idolatry. I say that because we we have put God on the back burner no matter where you look. God is on the back burner, and anything that replaces God is an idol, whether it's your car, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your girlfriend, boyfriend, whether it's anything, it, it replaces God, it's idolatry. And we are certainly at that point, and that goes into Romans chapter 1, 
and you read all of the things that many of them, just like the ones Larry addressed in his chapter on Perilous Times, Romans chapter 1, Paul goes through all of these things that previous generations, particularly talking about probably the times of Sodom and Gomorrah and also the antediluvian times, but anytime anybody puts things above God, and he listed, Paul listed all these things that took the place of God and pushed him in the background. Well, it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 28, that when people turn their back on God, this is the ultimate thing, he gives them over to a reprobate mind. Now, a reprobate mind is upside-down thinking. There is no longer any clear thinking. We've come to that point when society can begin to accept, and I know not all do, but if she's trending that way, well, the sex spot thing that Larry just talked about, for one thing, that's upside-down thinking. That's just out-of-whack thinking. Upside-down thinking, this reprobate mind, we can see it when even government is putting into law that a boy can be a girl if he wants to, a girl can be a boy. You don't have to go what's on your birth certificate. You can be either sex you want to be. When a boy can be a transsexual, thinks he's a girl, go into a girl's locker room, rape the little girl, and then they send him to another school where he does the same thing. Our judicial system is totally upside down in their thinking. Our government is upside down in their thinking. I can name many things to prove this, but that's what I mean. You know, that's where idolatry leads, and that's where we are, I believe, at this point. Dr. Spartamino, it seems to me that the population of the world is going along with many of the schemes that the radical left is dreaming up. I know that there are some people, as you both have said, that are resisting, but I think many people, even Americans, are not resisting this massive power grab why is that? Don't people value freedom and liberty anymore? Well, James, people who do not believe in God and who are not keyed into the Word of God by the Holy Spirit have a sense of estrangement and a kind of psychic loneliness. And added to that loneliness is fear. Consequently, so many people are seeking security. They're trading their freedoms for security. You know, Benjamin Franklin had it right when he said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary security deserve neither liberty nor security. And I think we have today a mad grab for security. So the situation is, well, if the government can pay me a nice salary, if the government can give me a nice home, if the government can take care of every need, you know, the nanny state idea, then I'll surrender my liberties. And that's so wrong because once you lose your liberties, you can never get them back. And we see that in America. We see that in Canada with what happened with Justin Trudeau recently. And that's very sad. That reminds me, in Canada recently, Mr. Trudeau vowed to crush the truckers. He froze their assets and they can't get insurance. These independent trucking contractors can't get insurance, so they're unemployable. And in our country, the president has put the crush on doctors and nurses who don't want to take the COVID-19 vaccine, military personnel who don't abide by this vaccine protocol, they are being dishonorably discharged. What do you see is the future, Dr. Spargimino, for the body of Christ? How will the church fare in a world where governments have become oppressive? You're right. Governments have become oppressive, and that reminds me one of the reasons why the beast governments in Bible prophecy are portrayed as beasts, because that's exactly what they are. <laughs> They're ravenous beasts. They have no morality. They crush, they destroy lives, and they're terrible. And I think what's going to happen, James, is Christians 
are going to go into a first century mode of existence. We need to remember that the church was birthed under the boot of Roman persecution. So persecution is nothing new to us. I think we've all grown a little lazy, a little carnal, but the persecution will be good for the church. And I certainly don't relish persecution, but the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The church is really on the attack. The gates of hell are defensive. And so here we see the church smashing through the gates of hell. And I'm kind of optimistic I believe in revival, but I think we have to have a completely different understanding of the church. You know, the big mega church with all the glitter and the glamour, that's all gone. We're going into a New Testament mode of existence. Terry, there are several places in discerners that speak of the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948. Now, don't you believe that's the super sign of Bible prophecy? Yes, everything is Israel-centric, and you see today how there's just a constant emphasis on Israel, no matter which way they always say, no matter which way the cameras turn, they always turn back to Israel no matter what. We go through these various crises and and they can be serious, but the most serious seems to be among, pointed toward Israel, and that's because the whole world will eventually be, Zechariah says, turned against Israel. Israel is a centerpiece, that's what's going to bring about the tribulation, is their rejection of their Messiah, and God is going to bring out a remnant. And we should support Israel. We should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That we're instructed to do that. And the reason for that is that Jesus is coming back one day to set up his kingdom there in Jerusalem. And that is the only peace that we're going to have. And, you know, today they're crying for peace and safety all across the world. Larry was talking a while ago about the security. Well, that's another word for safety. They're all looking for peace and safety. The only peace and safety is going to be is Jesus Christ when he returns. First Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us when they cry peace and safety, as they're doing, and they're doing it in a number of ways. The COVID, you know, they want everybody to be secure. They're doing their evil, tyrannical things to make everybody take the vaccine. They want everybody in the name of peace, as they always do everything the tyrants do, in the name of wanting to help the people for the people, wanting to bring peace and safety. The Bible says that when they cry peace and safety, like they're doing today, I believe in so many ways, sudden destruction comes. I believe that's a rapture. So that is the ultimate thing to be optimistic. Terry, you're one of my all-time favorite Bible authors, and Dr. Spargimino, you're one of my all-time favorite Bible teachers, and so it was a pleasure to sit down and be able to visit with both of you today. Thank you, James. Yes, amen here. Terry James joined 17 other authors, including our own Dr. Larry Spargimino, to contribute to the book, Discerners. In Discerners, you'll tackle issues that are critical for this generation of believers to understand. Order your copy of Discerners today by calling 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order Discerners online at swrc.com. Discerners helps shine heaven's light on these strange, but exciting times. Order your copy of Discerners today, 1-800-652-1144 or swrc.com. Greg Patton is here now to present another story from Living in Today's World. Well, I was just thinking about it, and I think I'm going to launch into a plom party. P-L-O-M, poor little old me. We have had so many things happening in our lives as of late, it's just difficult, if not impossible, to keep up with. 
Now, I think God said somewhere in his word that he's not going to give you more than you can handle. Do you believe that? Part of our ministry as we talk about the area of the spirit world is from Luke 4.18, that Jesus Christ came to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captive free. Such a need today. Every church has people that are brokenhearted and have great needs, especially being captured by the enemy. And I got a question for you today. What do you do when you are broken? And many times we talk about being hurt, we talk about being broken. We believe this saying that time heals all wounds. We believe that there's a few comforting words out there somewhere, and we'll get a little sympathy. We'll make everything all right, and we don't seem to understand. When people don't seem to bounce back from something the way we think they should, or as soon as we think they should, we believe that time should have healed their hurt by now. But then we fail to understand that there is a difference between being hurt and being broken. Every man, of course, is right in his own eyes. So many stories lately that I've been doing on my radio show called Hello World, news and information every day, recent tragedy of six teenage girls all killed in a car truck crash. It was awful. How long would it take to bounce back from something like that? We cast judgment on people and say things like, probably not saved, or they don't know how to let it go, because we never really understand the difference between being hurt and being broken. Children are growing up in a society that has pushed them aside, cast them off, rejected them as being normal or viable members of today's society. They've even been classified as, well, lots of classifications. They are becoming what we have too much of today. Adults who have no direction in their lives, wandering aimlessly, they're bound, they're captured, they're confused, they're perplexed. Many have been mentally, physically, and sexually abused. My wife Sharon and I find ourselves in a unique position at 75 years of age. We have just taken in five grandchildren as our own. Two teenagers, 17 and 15, a five-year-old, a two-year-old at an eight-month-old. Wow. You've heard me say it so many times on this program even. Trouble ain't trouble till it hits me. Yeah, there are lots of people out there feeling rejected today, dejected, they're alone. They are hopelessly waiting to die in some instances. Suicide, maybe. Imagining that everything's going to be over when they've experienced an end to life. It ceases. Many people in society are captured because they're incarcerated mentally, physically, and spiritually. And although free from the human judicial system, they are regretfully imprisoned in a far crueler and ultimately eternal prison, hell or hell on earth. They are sentenced with a life sentence of emotional loss of power. That's emasculation, depression, anxiety, low or no self-esteem at all, all kinds of phobias. Some are on habitual death row here in the new America. Narcotics, alcohol, careless, unsafe, uninhibited sexual activity. Others have been placed in solitary confinement of physical pain and discomfort and disease. They're being held captive behind these seemingly impenetrable bars and inescapable walls, being made to believe that this is all there is to life. Mentally messed up, emotionally powerless and spiritually lost, they're wandering through life busted and disgusted and broken. We need to look for those people. We need to help those people. Lies shattered, 
No dreams out there. Their hope is gone. They are battered by the angry sea of sin and tossed to and fro, bouncing from different kinds of relationships, being drugged down through the gutters of degradation. Their self-respect's been broken. Their esteem has been broken. Their reputation has been broken. And their innocence is now broken. And here's the key. They are disappointedly unable to see that God has a far more excellent and abundant plan for their life, John 10.10. God said he came not only to give them life, but give life more abundantly, my Christian friend, struggling to break free, unable to come into the freedom that is promised. They are unable to understand that the price of their freedom has already been paid on an old rugged cross. They don't have to remain in this condition, any of this. Their shattered lives can be put back together by Almighty God. They can have life, and they can have it more abundantly. All that they have to do is come to Him. Come to Jesus Christ now. He'll put those broken pieces back together once again. You and I can't figure it out, but Almighty God can. He created them. And this is not just for our youth, but it's for grown people listening today. This is for everybody. And the question becomes today then, has anybody ever been broken? According to the dictionary, hurt is to affect adversely, to injure, to feel great pain, to become damaged or harmed. But broken comes from a Hebrew word called shebar, and it means crushed to pieces, shattered, bruised, violated, not functioning right, disconnected, overwhelmed, physically and mentally. This is so important. When you've been broken spiritually, your body can't take it, and your mind gets confused, and Satan as the author of confusion. If you're there today, my friend, I would encourage you to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. He brings a peace that passeth all understanding. He can get your life back together today, no matter where you are living in today's world. We all have problems. Everybody listening today is ready at any time to have a plum party. That's life, my friend. Poor little old me, I am overwhelmed. God allows that for a reason. He is there. He is able. You say, I got this. You never have this. God does, but you don't. Turn it over to him, whatever it is, my friend. An encouraging word, don't listen to the liar. The 23rd Psalm says, surely grace and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. On Monday, grace and mercy follows. Tuesday, grace and mercy. You get the idea? On the weekend, grace and mercy follows. Early, early Sunday morning, grace and mercy follows. Grace and mercy will hold you in the midnight hour. Grace and mercy will walk with you and talk with you. We can give it all to God and ask Him to put us back together again. Romans 12, 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind, the precious Word of God that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. God wants to put you back together again. There are so many stories like this living in today's world. This has been one. Our featured resource today is the book Discerners. Order your copy of this important book when you call 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, we begin Anniversary Month. 
celebrating 89 years of being the watchman on the wall and reminding everyone that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.